0: Howdy howdy, welcome to Bodger's Babblings with your host Katie Bodger, where I babble about my special interest of the hour. Today I'm really feeling like talking about musical theater. Um just because I've been listening <laughs> to uh some a little bit while I've been up in Smithers, uh just because it's what I have saved on my phone. And it's I'm a total theater geek. I love musical theater so so much. I love musicals in general. Um I've I always have from like a really young age. Like my dad and I would watch Sound of Music like every other weekend when I was like 4 onward and then And it's like <clears throat> I like Disney shows and stuff too, right? Like or Disney musicals like Aladdin and other stuff cuz I can't think of any others right now. And, like, I started watching... I watched Phantom of the Opera for the first time when I was, like, six. And then, as I grew, uh, so did my interest. And uh, so did um, what I had ended up listening to. um. As soon as I got internet, I feel like I really explored musical theater a lot more. And it's like, I really enjoy most of what I've heard. Like, there's... Some shows where it's like, oh, that's not my particular taste. Or, oh, that's a little slow for me in particular. But it never like, oh, it never takes away from the quality. Like, The King and I, Oklahoma, great shows. They're not necessarily my favorites from the few times I've watched them. But they're really, really good. Like, I do... Enjoy them, it's just, oh, I prefer other stuff in comparison, and then it's like I've listened to obscure, popular everything in between. I feel like most people, if they name a musical, I've listened to it except um, oh God, it's one show, and I've only listened to it once, and i can can't even remember the title of it, but I know it has something to do with someone's jacket uh, that's, that's all, I, mean, I like, the title, and I know it's terrible because it is a good show from what I recall, but, like, most stuff I can, I tend to remember, and I really enjoy most of what I listen to, and, um, some of my favorite shows are, like, Wicked and Next to Normal, uh, those are two of my all-time faves, Sound of Music as well will always hold a special place in my heart, um, Things like Hamilton and Six are really good, too. They, they're they good because they do similar things, but in very different ways, and Hamilton does it a bit better, I find. So that's why Hamilton would hold a higher placing to Six in my mind. And it's, gosh, it's like 99% of what I listen to, I enjoy something about it, whether it's the writing, or the music, or the instruments, and... There are so many different, different key components into musical theater. Whether it's the beauty of the stage work, or the choreography, or the like the staging, it's like it can be the littlest things that bring a show full circle and are absolutely beautiful. It's like it can be the littlest things that make all the difference, you know, and I. I also enjoy, uh, musical theater satire and stuff too, like, um, uh, show, like, I follow lots of comedy pages where they make fun of everything musical theater is, and it's like, it's all lighthearted, and it's really, really enjoyable when done right, and it's like, or songs where it's like, this is the song in the show that nobody likes, (laughs) um, uh, yeah, like, mu- mus- funny musical theater songs like that. Like, they're just making fun of stuff or just having fun with uh, tropes and uh, what musical theater can be. And the beauty of musical theater is really that it tells a story and it adds a beauty to it with the music. Sometimes the music will feel out of place and... Yes, I'll admit, not all musicals necessarily have to be musicals. But usually, if you take the show and the music separately, it's beautiful, both in their own uh, respected views. And it's like, or both in their respected lights. And it's like, a show can be good just for the acting and the writing. And just, oh God. Shows can be so good, and they can be everything amazing all at once. And it's like, there are some shows like Dear Evan Hansen, where it's like, yeah, the topic might be problematic, and it might be showing a mental illness not in the best light. Um, But in the end... The music for it, and the instrumentals, and the fact that in waving through the window, waving through a window, um, he never starts on the first beat because he doesn't know what to say. He's trying to think, um, except for the chorus when he knows what's going to happen, and then and he knows what he's feeling, and then there's, and so it leads to an uncertainty, just him not starting on the very first beat of a bar. And then uh, the fact that the piano beat, that's clapping, but just the fact that it's his heartbeat. Or, we start with stars in our eyes. We start believing that we belong. But every sun doesn't rise. The fact that this keeps steady and it's fast and it's his heartbeat is just absolutely phenomenal and i love that and i wish i had a piano to show it better and it's just there are so many things whether it's the instrumentals whether it's the music whether it's the writing whether it or the lyrics or the writing or the staging or the choreography or the way the crews and the cast and the tech or yeah the tech crew and the backstage crew and the cast work all to bring such a remarkable thing to life, live. Musical theater has always just been absolutely astounding, and I've never been able to get enough. Every time I listen to a show, I obsess over or most of the time when I listen to a show, I obsess over it for an extended period of time. And then I'm off to find three or four more shows that I can obsess over in the next however long. And, um... Uh, I want to backtrack a bit talking about obsessing over shows. Like, Hamilton and Six, those are really sticking out to me right now in terms of what I want to, wanted to discuss. And <laughs> Hamilton brings in genres that aren't necessarily pop- popular within musical theater. They bring in hip-hop, they bring in rap, And then they tell a story almost, or it is entirely sung through, except for uh, Eliza's scream and uh, the one, uh, the Lauren's interlude, which is done to music. It's just not uh, technically part of the soundtrack, which does tell the whole story. Um, And it's... God, it's just so interesting to see how well they mix things that aren't typically ingrained in musical theater. And then they bring it in so well. They continue to tell the story through music just different types. And they it's funny too because it's part it's part of Hamilton is representing the America of then with the America now, which is people of color, people of all backgrounds and sexualities and whatever, and um, all people who listen and enjoy different types of music. So you see classically uh, considered um, musical theater songs like The Room Where It Happens and Wait For It or um, <laughs> Would I Miss, uh, even though I think there are certain... A uh, hippie hoppy or rap parts in that song, but it is definitely leaning towards a more musical theater um genre than songs like Guns and Ships or Right Hand Man or just literally ninety percent of uh, or Yorktown, Yorktown for sure. Um, like there's just so many or, History Has Its Eyes on You, another example of something more aligned with classic musical theater genre than the hippie hoppy. And I need to stop calling it hippie hoppy, rappy music. Um, but it's, and it's like, I don't like rap, I don't like hip hop, but I love what Hamilton did with it. And it's like, is it problematic to have uh, slave owners uh, played by people of color? Probably, but at the same time, it could be them. It could be a symbol of people of color taking that back, taking control. Of it's like, yeah, y'all wanted you, y'all want to ignore what y'all did to my people? Uh, fuck that! No, not happening. <laughs> You're not ignoring it. I'm right here. I'm showing you that these people were, and it's it's just unfortunate that Hamilton didn't address that, uh, part of that time era properly, but I guess they, uh, tried their best, except they didn't. Cabinet Battle 3 should have stayed in the show, and it's, like, I like 6 for a very similar reason, where it's, like, you have people of color, you have people of all different vocal ranges. A cast primarily made of women. Holy shit, that doesn't happen often. No, a cast made up of all women, despite how small it may be, it's still an all female cast. Even the band is female. <laughs> and the fact that it's a concert. It's a musical played as a concert. And that's really remarkable. And it could be the vice versa could be said said where, oh yeah, it's a it's a concert being played off as a musical, or played off as a story. Um, But it includes the pop music, it includes the best parts of all of their vocals, and all of their ranges, and it's like, you might not love the idea of it, you might not like Six, but you gotta admit what it does for the genre of musical theater, and how important it is and how uh how it isn't terrible considering how different it is to what the standard is and it breaks all the same tropes Hamilton does just to a lesser extent because it's a far smaller story to tell and the fact that they're following with something that is so widely known such as uh the uh divorce, beheaded, sir uh died, divorce, beheaded, survived, uh rhyme that a lot of people learned in school while learning about uh King Henry the Eighth or whatever the frick f- he was. I blocked out ninety percent of that uh when I left school. <laughs> left that classroom, I should say. And <laughs> it's just and then there are shows like Wicked where it's like, and Phantom, where it's like, how do you deny the beauty of the stage work? The absolutely phenomenon that is the characters' voices, or the actresses' and actors' voices, and just the chemistry characters hold, and oh, the choreography, the staging, the vocals, where they're everything musical theater technically should be and it's just beautiful and stunning the entire time and then you look at things like you look at things like wicked where it it touches on uh in a far more uh fantastical way it shows that oh yeah it's very similar to like grim fairy tales where it's like oh yeah As fun and light as it may seem, that's not always the case. And it can be a lot darker than we initially anticipate. And the fact that it touches on almost, not racial profiling, but uh, prejudice and like xenophobia. Because it's like, oh, these animal characters are lesser than us. Not profiling, yeah, no, it is prejudice. And it's just, yeah, no, it's just prejudice towards other groups of people, and so it's like, oh yeah, these animals aren't aren't equal to people like you and me or monk therefore, these animals need to get churned back into the into their lesser forms and like be experiments or whatever, and how fucked up that is. It tackles that, and then it shows that the people who fight against it, fight against terrible things like that, are often painted as villains by society. And, um, and yeah, people protesting for George Floyd's death, they weren't doing anything wrong. It was the people... Who had power, who were trying to run a narrative that, oh yeah, he was a bad person, he deserved what happened. It was them that was and that was initiating and causing violence with peaceful protesters and people who just wanted justice and a right in our world and the fact that Alphaba, she became the villain in the story for trying to save people it's like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes those with power push down people who try to do the right thing so far that we don't even know the right story anymore. And... Or we know the right story, thankfully, in the real world. But it's not what everyone believes, apparently. (laughs) And... And then there are shows like Next to Normal. (sighs) Next to Normal paints such a phenomenal picture. The fact that it is such a small cast, the fact that the story is so coherent, and beautiful, and touching, and the fact that I can't get through half of it without crying. Next to Normal is such Next to Normal is my favorite musical, for sure. For a long time, it was tied with a couple other ones, but it it got my top spot, for sure, um, upon re-listening and re-watching bootlegs and stuff like that. Also, just talking about bootlegs, I hate musical theater and just theater elitism. It's like, you don't have to be rich to go to a show. Let people enjoy musical theater for cheap. Please give funding so charging doesn't have to cost as much as it does and just yeah bootlegs are should not be illegal uh or pay-per-view from home of like professional recordings should be available to the public not just um uh whatever uh Juilliard students <laughs> um and okay so back to next to normal it's the fact that they portray Diana, the character. Yeah, Diana. Um, they a character with so much inner turmoil, with so much range throughout the show. In such a perfect, beautiful way. It's like I know, I've had people in my life who have bipolar and depression and just, and have dealt with grief in unimaginable ways and the fact that she holds on to her son for so long and the fact that a running line through the show is until you name me you can't change me and then the fact that the character who denies his existence the son's presence and impact on their family the whole show the person who denies it the entire time, the father, Dan, the fact that he's the only one in the entire show to say Gabe's name, and then it's immediately before the entire cast and, like, all the characters finally find peace and joy within themselves and each other if that's what they need. It's like the tools... Uh, Writers for musical theater you uh, use and the creativity and the (laughs) And the deeper layers with each and every song and lyric in some cases with some shows is just absolutely Oh my god, it's like how Is it even possible, like I've been inspired to write musicals myself, and I've successfully fully written one, but it was unfortunately lost, and that'll probably be an episode on its own. But I've written musicals for um, Carmilla, uh, based off the web series and novel, because it inspired me, and I was like, oh, well people are doing other musicals for shows they enjoy, why not I do one for something i enjoy even if it doesn't go anywhere and then i also uh did a few songs for an among us musical even though i don't think it would go anywhere um anytime just because i thought it was fun and i wanted to do it and then i've also written one uh just <laughs> i don't know based on a guess enemies to friends to enemies of reluctantly working together to lovers trope I guess because it was fun and why not and it's just oh my god I've rambled so much about the same like five things and I don't even know how to fully grasp how incredible all the musical theater shows that I love are and uh, the fact that I love most shows for so many different reasons. Heathers, because it's funny, and it's gritty, and at the same time, you can sense the fact that they're in over their head, or um, they face stuff that you can't, that no one should face. Um, Stuff like Candy Store, where it's aggressive, and just... Controversial opinion Killer Instinct is everything Candy Store and Apex Predator wishes it was. Freaking Killer Instinct is the best villain song from a teenage, female teenager ever. Just period. <laughs> God, I can't even think about anything else I would include watch bring it on the musical or listen to it if you haven't also we are tigers or we are the tigers that's a really good show too head up like you're proud to be seen arms crossed no you look too mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway i'm going (coughs) to sign off so thank you for listening to my babblings of the hour and i will see you on the flip side bodger out